This is Route 66, One for the Road, with Rory Alskerry. Watch out, hello and welcome to the Route 66, One for the Road podcast. I'm Rory Alskerry and on this edition we've got an interview with the Canadian rock guitarist and singer-songwriter Jared James Nichols. His latest album, his second, is called Black Magic and it's released on the 27th of October on CD, vinyl and download. The new single Last Chance is out already. The rest of the album is absolutely rocking. You're going to love this. We're going to feature loads of clips from the album through this interview. We'll talk about his musical influences and chat through some of the tracks on the album specifically as well that's jared james nichols our guest this week on the podcast This is Last Chance, the new single and the album opener from Jared James Nichols, who joins us on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. The album rocks from the opening few seconds. How do you feel about it now that it's finished? Oh, I feel good. You know, it's I've always felt good about it, but it's always a weird thing because you get sucked in a musical vortex, I guess I could call it. And literally, you're just in the studio creating, creating, creating. And sometimes you almost lose sight of like what the actual goal is, right? So it took me a while to get out of that and to just turn it on and crank it up again. I feel great about it, man. I feel like, honestly, I got the message across. Everything feels right. It feels real. And, and yeah, it's great. And I'm really excited for everyone to be able to listen to it themselves. And it's, it's called Black Magic. It comes out on the 27th of October. So a couple of weeks to wait for it yet, depending on when you've come across this podcast. But, Jared, you shared stages with the likes of ZZ Top, Leonard Skinner, Walter Trout, Saxon. The list goes on. I saw you when you were supporting Glenn Hughes here in the UK, probably around a year ago now, um, mm-hmm. in Manchester. And, uh, you know, superb performance from both of you. How, how do you feel... Uh, when you're on stage with these various acts, you know, quite a lot of variety in in that sort of list of people. Does it influence your style in any way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, the first thing, you know, is we've, yeah, we've been getting on so many different tours with so many different artists and genres that, you know, we're kind of going everywhere. So honestly, it's like, I, I used to think I would have to gauge what I do for every different show, but the best, you know, thing is to just go up there and be myself and, you know, I don't know how I couldn't get influenced. You know, touring with ZZ, Zach Wild, you know, different artists that when you play shows, it's just pretty amazing uh, how influence rubs off. And, you know, I could say, man, being on these tours is like being in, in boot camp for rock and roll. You know, you literally just get the whole experience and you learn so much. So, yeah, it's been a complete learning experience these past few years. 
I can imagine it would be a lot of fun as well. I mean, does the whole rock and roll thing rub off on you, not just the musical stuff? Is it hard to to kind of, I don't know what phrase to use, stay clean when there's presumably a lot of booze and and other stuff going around? (laughs) I'll be honest, man. You'd be surprised, you know. I feel like like I I hit rock and roll kind of on the... uh, on the downward spiral of all these guys is, uh, you know, it's like the downside of it all. So a lot of these guys are actually clean, sober now, and, and they're, they're just out there straight up touring. And to be honest, man, when we tour, we're pretty lean and mean. So we're in and out. There's not much sticking around for the party, you know, because literally for us, it'll be like, Oh shoot, we got to drive eight hours for the next run. You know, we got to go eight hours for the next show or whatever. And, uh, you know, of course I, I wouldn't lie to you. I definitely can kick back and have a few drinks, but you know, it's nothing crazy. There's nothing in, in excessive, you know, it's, it's pretty mellow. A lot of people wouldn't think so, but trust me, man, you haven't seen nothing until you've seen some of these backstages. You're like, uh, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Rock's grown up and matured. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man, it's, it's matured now. Well, I want to talk about track two, um, some epic slide on this one. It's called The Gun. And I understand this is the first track you wrote for this new album. You set the bar pretty high. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, this was the first one. You know, this is the funny part about the whole record is sometimes you don't know what way you're going to take a song or you're going to take a record or whatever. And that was originally like almost like a Delta blues kind of slide guitar song. And I just didn't want to do that. I said, that's been done to death so many times that, you know, what can I bring new to that? So that's why it all of a sudden turned into this big raging bull of a song, you know, with the huge drums. And, you know, we we tried to take it somewhere else, you know. And I always say this is, you know, a lot of times we need to keep pushing forward and trying new things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, you know. But the interpretation, you have to keep that real, you know. And for me, it's 2017. I'm. I didn't grow up in the 70s. I. I didn't. I wasn't there for that. You know. This is my interpretation. Or this is the way that I feel this genre could go. You know. So it's exciting for me to push stuff like this and and see where I can take it. get your inspiration from i mean you you're clearly rooted in the present as it were rather than what you know the genre of rock and blues music kind of holds in terms of its legacy so mm-hmm. what sort of modern day things are you seeing and and being involved with that give you a, an idea for a song where it may be that lyrically or for the music well to be honest one of the big ones is honestly just the way that technology has moved you know uh I have so much working with the people that I do, you know, great engineers, one of my best buddies, Tony Perry, you know, we have so much at our fingertips that like you can just create, you can sit in a studio and just come up with otherworldly stuff. And that's, that's really exciting because, um, although as much as I love and we do that, the realness of recording and just throwing up the mics and going for it, you know, now we have options with miking techniques and, and the equipment is just so, I don't want to say better, but it's just more advanced for different sounds, you know. So that's the first thing. And honestly, you know, a lot of times when I'm playing and recording, I try and get my head out of the whole blues and blues rock kind of vibe. Just because if I sit there and I kind of stir on that, it's almost like 
I get really stuck on it and I really get hung up on it. And I think sometimes the best thing to do is go somewhere completely different. And then when it comes back, of course, it'll still have my tinge and my flair on it, but it'll be something new, a, a new interpretation. And you mentioned uh, Tony there. This is Tony Perry, who's Joe Perry's son yes. um, of Aerosmith fame. Uh, how did you sort of get to work with him? Was he was he a kind of person you knew anyway? or? Well, you know what? Actually, uh, my manager, Aerosmith, recorded their last record at my manager's studio in Los Angeles. And I ended up meeting these guys. And um, Tony had just moved to L.A., right about this time and we're right around the same age so we were able to kind of hit it off we started hanging out and you know we became fast friends and um you know he had played guitar and i knew that he was an engineer and he did all that kind of stuff and uh we ended up hitting it off to the point where i was like man next time i make a new record i want to work with this guy you know and it was just amazing because you know not only did we were we able to create the music together and go on that end but when you're doing it with friends you know that's what makes it even more special and i think it turns out a better result because you know you're comfortable at, at the end of the day you know and not only that we were able to record in some crazy studios we were able to uh, to go to Joe Perry's, at, or I mean, uh, the Boneyard in Boston and do stuff. And then a lot of it was done at uh, Johnny Depp's home studio in L.A. Let's talk about track four, Jared. It's a, uh-huh. a super funky number called Honey Forgive Me, and it yes. features some great vocals from Jessica Childress. Do, do you like to challenge yourself and try and introduce new things? I mean, having a, a second vocalist for a start is something new for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, you know, sometimes like when we're in the studio, all of a sudden I'll hear it and I'll be like, oh man, this would sound amazing with this. Or, oh, could you imagine if we had this on it, right? So for me, adding stuff like that is really for the record just to, to serve the record and to kind of give it justice. There's a big piece of me that, you know, obviously live, we'll do what we do and we'll, we'll make it the way we want. But, you know, when I'm able to have someone like, you know, because she's an incredible singer, come and sing backups and like support the songs, you know, it's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, I took a lot of different leaps of faith kind of on the record, you know, and um, I just would we would go, oh, man, we should really. I said, let, let me play a slide solo here or let's get Jessica to sing this, you know, and, you know, I just think that it complements the record. And uh, what's cool is the way that the record sounds and the way it sounds live, you know, it's just two different animals. So when you hear the record and then when we come to it, you'll, you'll notice, you know, uh, the different contrast, you know, uh, it's, it's just exciting, you know, it's, it's real stuff. Forgive Me from Jared James Nichols from his brand new album. Uh, he's with us on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. Who or what got you into music, Jared? I mean, was it a kind of gradual thing or can you boil it down to one moment when you realised this is what you wanted to do? Oh, it was gradual because I always loved classic rock and, and it was always on the radio and I knew all the lyrics by the time I was like 10 years old, you know, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Black Sabbath, you know, stuff like this. And, you know, I wanted to be a drummer. I thought that the drums looked really cool and energetic, and I thought that that was going to be me. 
And, uh, you know, I quickly realized once, you know, I started playing the guitar and messing with guitar, all of a sudden it was like, this is what I want to do, you know? And then I got like so obsessed over it. Like I just wanted to play guitar. It was crazy, man. I mean, I would spend, you know, 10 hours a day, you know, working out these songs and learning riffs and all of that. And, you know, I always knew at the end result, you know, I wanted my own band. I wanted to do a trio. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to keep pushing on it. And um, I would say now it's my 13th year playing music. So, you know, Black Magic 13, who knows? <laughs> Track five uh, takes us south. It's called Home and it's got a distinctly southern rock vibe to it. What inspired this one? Oh, man, this one, because, you know, it's funny. A lot of these songs were like inspired while touring, you know, written while touring with different artists. Of course, this riff came around from Leonard Skinner. You know, we played with Skinner a while ago and uh, it was an amazing time. You know, I got to jam with them and meet the guys and hang out. And it was it was great. But, you know, home kind of just gives a nod to that whole genre and that whole kind of movement because I'm such a fan, you know. And with the record, you know, it was cool because we were able to go different places with it, with kind of keeping the same, how do I say it, the same heart and the same vibe, but, you know, kind of brush around all the different kind of influences and, and music that I love, you know. And Home's definitely a clear example of that. And, uh, you know, that's another one we took chances on, you know. If you listen, if, if anyone listens in the beginning of the song, you'll hear me do a big cough and we just left it in there because I was on the road and I went and they cut that vocal and I was a little sick and I just went, oh, oh you know. <laughs> and we just left it in. We were just like, whatever, man. That is what it is, you know. Smoke was rising up again. I knew I had to run. Never mattered what I said. Sometimes you need to just leave raw music as as raw as it was when it happened because that's where the, the reality of it and the kind of, in some ways, part of the magic is. I think you're right, man. I think you hit the nail on the head. And on this record, I mean, there is a ton of rawness to the point where I'm, I'm playing it for friends and, you know, you'll be able to hear the other strings ringing underneath and just kind of getting noisy. And, you know, that's part of the, that's part of the thing, you know. Well, the and, last track on the album was the first take of a demo, wasn't it? It, it really was, yeah. First take of a demo. Had an idea. Uh, Tony's dad had a guitar. Joe had a guitar with a bass string on the bottom, and uh, I, I picked it up and I started messing around with it. And he goes, "Oh, you can take it home if you want." And I was like, "All right." Well, I take it home and I'm like, "What am I going to do with this thing?" I just kept looking at it, and all of a sudden I started like messing around with this idea. The next day I go back to Tony. I said, "Hey, man, I got an idea for maybe a, a song we could do. I don't know what we could do with it. I don't know what it will sound like." And he said, "Well, just try it." He's like, "Sing it and play it." And literally, that guitar, yeah, it it's my vocal and that guitar part are the demo versions, 100%. The only thing we did is we came back and we had Dennis add like a kick drum and we did hand claps, you know. But what you hear, that is a, that's like the demo of a demo, you know. And it's pretty crazy because we played it for Joe and Johnny Depp heard it and all these guys. And they said, leave it. Don't touch it. That's that's it. That's the one, you know. You're not going to be able to kind of catch that again. You know, that's what the big goal and that's what they said. Was they're like, you're not going to be able to catch that energy again. Just just leave it the way it is, you know. 
And I think a lot of people, I saw some people saying that it sounded like a bass and then a really sparse guitar. When the reality is I'm playing the bass on one string and then playing guitar with my other fingers over it. You know, it's another thing. It's like creative thing where like, I never would have thought I would have even tried that. But once I started doing it, I was like, now this is cool, man. So it's just sometimes you just go with it. Finally, Jared, what's next for you and the band? What have you got planned? I mean, this is your your sort of second um, full bore album, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, out mm-hmm. on the 27th of October, available on CD, vinyl and download. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do next? Are you intending to uh, maybe collaborate with anybody or have you, have you already got songs written, ready to go? Well, this is a thing, you know, I, I'm always writing songs, always coming up with stuff, you know. The big goal now, honestly, is to just tour as much as possible. Today we started a tour here in America. We're going out with the UFO and Saxon here. I literally am starting, we're leaving in about an hour to do that. But, you know, as far as on the recording standpoint, I have a ton of material ready. You know, I have a lot of ideas, man. That's like kind of like how my brain works. It's funny, like, I just keep pushing. Uh, like, once I get one thing, I'm already onto the next, you know, like, I'm already pushing to go, what's next, what's next? So. It's good, but, you know, I really want to give this record its due diligence, you know, and and go out and tour the hell out of it. You know, I want everybody to hear it and I want to be able to, you know, go all over the place again with it. Because, you know, Old Glory, that was the first record. And, and, you know, I had no experience, really. I'd be the first to say it, you know, that now with this new one, it's like I can really get behind it and push it the right way. Well, I wish you all the best with it, Jared. It's a great record. Black Magic has been uh, not off the hi-fi in my car for the last week. I'm thoroughly Ah, enjoying it. And uh, I'll be sending you the speeding fine ticket bills. <laughs> uh oh, hey, hey, I think there's something in the in the fine print there, man. You can't get me on that. No, ah, just okay, fair enough. Maybe on the next one. It's a pleasure to talk to you, Jared. Uh, thanks for coming on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast, and uh, we'll see you on the tour. Absolutely. Cheers, man. And of course, our thanks to Jared James Nichols for coming on the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. And my thanks to you for downloading and listening and supporting us. Thank you very much indeed. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to the podcast on your chosen platform. Perhaps that'd be iTunes, for instance. You can go on there and you can search Route 66 One for the Road. Hit subscribe and you'll get a notification each time we upload a new podcast. It's not so much a regular thing in the sense we don't do it the same time every week, but we do try and do them fairly regularly. So uh, you'll find new podcasts coming along from time to time. And uh, if you like it, leave us a review or a like or whatever. And uh, it's always good to hear from you. If you want to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at Rockin' Jockin'. And there's a Facebook page for that as well. That's it for this time. We'll see you on the next one. Have a great time rocking and cheerio. Thanks for downloading the Route 66 One for the Road podcast. For more information and to listen to the fully jocked radio show, head to rockinjockin.com.